Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Okay, everyone, we're back in Genesis chapter 46, and that's what we'll go through today. We've had a dramatic reunion um, with Joseph and his brothers, and now uh, we've got the culmination of all this. We're getting ready to have the reunion of Joseph with his father, Jacob. Verse 46, chapter, uh, ver- uh, <laughs> chapter 46, verse 1. So Israel, this is Jacob, took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. Now, McGee makes the point that, you know, in all his other trips and journeys, we don't see Jacob offering sacrifices and being in prayer to God. And um, McGee makes the point that, you know, that shows us what not to do, what we should do, is every time we make big decisions or go on trips or, or make big moves in our life, we need to be in prayer. We need to be asking God's advice. God needs to be a part of our decision-making, and He needs to be a part of our family life, our family decision-making. And uh, now we're in, in His latter stages of life, we begin to see uh, that Joseph's behavior has changed, and uh, his spirit has been revived, as we said back in the previous chapter, in chapter 45. So that's what he's doing here. Verse 2, and God spoke to Israel in visions of the night. Now, it's interesting to me that we see this change in behavior in Jacob. We see his spirit being revived. Perhaps his faith had been revived. He had heard about uh, his son uh, Joseph in this other land, you know, it's not faith in Joseph, but he's just faith in what God's ability to do in his life is. And his life wasn't a failure. And this is the son who was supposed to be the great nation, but it seemed like he had a broken family. And his sons had been deceiving him, and, and, uh, or his, his, uh, his son, uh, Joseph, had been killed. I mean, that's his firstborn. It's like the whole thing, his, all of his, his life had been kind of a failure. And, uh, but now, look, you know, he is 
God God didn't give up on him. And now he is his behavior towards God is so different and so changed. Now God's speaking to him. And so he spoke to Israel in visions of the night, maybe in dreams. And he said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. And then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. For there I will make you into a great nation. Verse 4, I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. In other words, he's saying, don't be scared to go to Egypt. I know that I warned your father Abraham and Isaac not to go during other famines. But this is another famine, and I'm telling you to go. Because this is because I will be going with you. And I'll also come with you back because you're going to be buried in the promised land. When he refers to Joseph's hand, so close your eyes. Verse 5. Then Jacob set out from Beersheba, the son of Israel. The sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, their little ones, and their wives and their wagons that Pharaoh had sent to carry him. Okay, so they take everything they have. Women, children, wives, wagons. Verse 6, they also took their livestock and their goods, which they had gained in the land of Canaan. And they came into the land of Egypt, Jacob and all his offspring with him. Wow, what a dramatic journey that must have been, huh? You're leaving one land and going into another. And you're kind of vulnerable like that when you're traveling. I mean, uh, Jacob, to have to bring everything he had, traveling, journey, open road, I mean, you know, you're, you're vulnerable to a lot of things. And you don't know what the Egyptians are going to do to you, you know. This is a lot of faith in action, isn't it? They came into Egypt, Jacob and all his offspring with him, his sons, his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his offspring he brought with him into Egypt. Verse 8, Now the names of the descendants of Israel who came into Egypt, so there's a whole bunch of names, all of the names, and it's sort of ordered by the wives here. So um, Reuben and all the rest, the sons of Simeon, the sons of Levi. Um, but I'm just not going to go through all the names of all these 70 people. Um, because at the end, uh, in verse 27, and the sons of Joseph who were born to him in Egypt were two. And all the pers persons of the house of Jacob who came into Egypt were 70. Okay? And from the house of uh, the sons of Joseph were already there. So they, I think they're counted as being already there. So in any event, um, we got 70 people from the household coming into the land of Egypt. And from these people... God is going to create this great nation. Verse 28, He had sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to show the way before him in Goshen, and they came into the land of Goshen. Now, we don't exactly know where the land of Goshen is. My study Bible tells me that's kind of disputed. But in any event, it's probably outside the main <clears throat> big city areas <clears throat> around there because they didn't want shepherds around the cities, right? So they needed a place <clears throat> for, for um, Jacob's family to, 
to be shepherds. And the Egyptians weren't very fond of shepherds anyway. And we don't exactly know why. It might be religious or it might be something else. <clears throat> so they were probably outside <clears throat> um, the main area anyway. And notice the leadership again of Judah. Judah goes on ahead to prepare the way for the arrival of the family group. So verse 29, Then Joseph prepared his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, in Goshen. He presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Wow, what a tender reunion that must have been. Joseph, overwhelmed, overwhelmed. I mean, the last time he saw his father, he gave him this, you know, this... He, his father told him to go up and check and see how his brothers were doing. You know, that's the last time he saw him all those many years ago. Over 20-something years for sure. Verse 30, Israel said to Joseph, Israel meaning Jacob, Now let me die since I've seen your face and I know that you're still alive. You know, you've got a father tenderly talking to his son. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and will say to him, My brothers and my father's household who were in the land of Canaan have come to me. And the men are shepherds, for they have been keeping keepers of livestock, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. Verse 33, When Pharaoh calls you and says, What is your occupation? You shall say, Your servants have been keepers of livestock from our youth even until now both we and our fathers, in order that you may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. So <clears throat> we get the element of Joseph's personality here, the tender, the love, the forgiveness, the emotion that he's got for his family. And at the same time, right, in, right alongside that, <clears throat> we've got... we've. What a, what a good leader he is. What a good administrator he is. He must be a natural administrator. Because in the midst of all that, he knows what to tell them to do. He gives them wise counsel. He's a good thinker. He's a clear thinker. In the middle of a famine, in the middle of a family reunion, in the, in the middle of just blubbering emotions of the reunion of all this, He's a healer. He's bringing his brothers back into good stead with his father. Because if he had played the cards differently, you know, he could have made uh, the father feel anger for those, to those boys for, for selling him into slavery and all this other stuff. Or look what you've made us do, you know, um, now we're, now we're up in Egypt. You know, he's smoothed all that over. He's healed the family. This is forgiveness and reconciliation. But he is also giving them instructions too. Telling them what to do. And if you follow this instruction to Pharaoh, you'll be given the, a place to live. So all of this started, and I just want to take a minute, all of this started back with Abraham and Sarah trying to bear children 
and they couldn't. So they so Abraham bears a child Ishmael with Hagar. But later in in life he bears a child with Sarah. That's Isaac. And then Isaac and marries Rebekah, and they have Jason, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob the old trickster tricks Esau out of his birthright. And now you've got Jacob and Rachel. And then you've also, Jacob gets tricked by Rachel's brother. Or maybe it was his, her uncle, Uncle Laban. Yeah, I think it was Uncle Laban. And he gets uh, Jacob to marry Lee also. So you've got Jacob uh, and Lee having four sons, one of which is Judah which is where the line of Jesus is going to come from. And then you've got Jacob and Zilpah having four sons and one daughter, daughter uh, uh, Dinah. And then you've got Jacob and his wife that he really loved to start off with was Rachel. And then uh, Rachel, uh, just like uh, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, she had trouble with childbirth. So Jacob uh, takes her servant, Billa, and has two sons. And then you've got Jacob and Rachel having their natural two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. Of course, Jacob loved Rachel the most, and that's why he loved Joseph and Benjamin the most. And, of course, Joseph was his firstborn. And, of course, Benjamin was the son that he just couldn't risk giving up. And it's really interesting to me that uh, the line of Jesus is coming from uh, Judah. Judah is um, has an a kind of an affair with uh, a friend of his, Shua's daughter, and we don't even know her name. And then they have three boys: Ur, Onan, who both die, and then Shelah, the third son. Uh, then they. He gives uh, the son a wife, Tamar, and they have Perez and Zerah. They're twins. Zerah was going to come out first, but Perez came, grabbed him and turned around and breached him and came out first. So from the line of Perez, pa, excuse me, from the line of Perez, that's where we get the lineage of Jesus Christ. So it comes from the household of Judah. And so um, that's been a large part of this book of Genesis is this family line. And from this family, was this family perfect? No. Did this family have all kinds of dysfunction? Yes. Family scandals? Yes. But from all this turmoil and strife and sin and lack of faith, Jesus is born right in the middle of this. He's the Son of God, and He's the Son of Man, all together. So we're going to stop here. Uh, We'll take a break for the weekend like we usually do. And next week, we'll start back in Genesis chapter 47. And you know what? We only have a few more chapters to go in this great first book of the Bible. I think we have... 50 chapters here. So we'll be starting chapter 47 on Monday. So from me to all of you, God bless you. And as always, keep your heart centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today.
Hello, so today's study is coming from Genesis chapter 46, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to verse 34. So in yesterday's study, <clears throat> we read about um, Joseph inviting his father over to Egypt, to the land of Egypt. So um, Joseph's brothers uh, went back to Egypt to pick up their father and um obviously um Israel was waiting was kind of hesitant and he was waiting for <clears throat> instruction from God um because his father um his 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 grandfather Abraham had not listened to God and had gone to the land of Egypt and got in trouble and Isaac um his father had always listened <clears throat> and heeded his father and uh, when it came to um, Israel, that's Jacob, <clears throat> he had led a life um, that had not been guided by God um, on several occasions, and it landed him mostly in a lot of <clears throat> problems. <clears throat> so, um, scripture reads, verse 1, chapter 46 of Genesis, so Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. <clears throat> so here, see, uh, now we see a faith-filled Israel here who is being guided by God. <clears throat> so if we look back at Israel's life, um, when he was leaving this land, he... Um, you know he was walking he walked and um you know and 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 um he didn't have the guidance of god and when he until he reached um bethel where god appeared to him and then um he went to Padan Padam Aaron um and lived with his uh, with his uncle Laban and from there we saw him run off run away from <clears throat> his uncle and um he he got back to um before he got back to the land of Canaan he came face to face with his brother I Ishmael <clears throat> until he got to um to to Canaan but God had actually told him to get to to uh, go to Bethel which he didn't um because um he wasn't being guided he you know he wasn't be- following the guidance of God until um, what happened happened where he was before he got to Bethel. And that's how he had to leave <clears throat> and uh, went to Bethel. <clears throat> so here now, um, he is... Um, he is now walking with God following the guidance of God and he goes and he offers a sacrifice to um, the true and living God in Beersheba. Um, he offers a sacrifice <coughs> where his father was buried. <coughs> That's Isaac. Verse 2 goes on to read, Then God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here I am. So now God speaking to um, Jacob 
And he said, that's verse 3, so he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> God is um, saying he will make a great nation out of Israel. So if we turn to the book of Exodus, that's Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, it reads, But the children of Israel were... <clears throat> Fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. So here we see a population explosion. Um, so they grew into a nation. This is where they grew into a nation um, <clears throat> from Jacob. It's, that's in the land of Egypt. And God's making good of his promise. So he's making good that which he promised um, Jacob, that's Israel. So they, um, there were actually three periods in the life of Israel that are, you know, they're also geographical locations. And these are three spiritual significant periods in Jacob's life. The first is in the land of Haran. <clears throat> that's the manifestation of the flesh. <clears throat> when, um, Jacob ran away from his brother and went to live with his uncle. And then the second is um, back in the land of Canaan. So this is where he did all his fighting. You know, this is where he wrestled with God before he actually um, met with his brother face to face, Ishmael. And then the third is in the land of Egypt where we see now the man of faith here. So these are the three areas in Jacob or Israel's life that denote the three spiritual periods of his life. Okay. <clears throat> so, Scripture goes on to read um, verse 4, I will go down with you to Egypt and I will also surely bring you up again and Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. Then Jacob arose from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried <clears throat> their father Jacob, their little ones, and their wives in the carts which Pharaoh had sent to carry them. So Pharaoh had actually sent some carts to carry um, them as transportation. Verse 6 goes on to read, So they took their livestock and their goods, which they had acquired in the land of Canaan, and went to, e to, and went to Egypt, Jacob and all his descendants with him. So here they carried everything. Reason being there was a famine, and they couldn't leave anything behind, because whatever they would leave behind would actually um, <clears throat> would die. So now... Jacob, obviously, he was going down for a visit. So he, um, but he actually had to take everything, like I said earlier, because they wouldn't leave anything in the land because it would actually um, die. And, and, for, and, and Jacob, he thought he was going for just a short while, a little visit. But he, um, when he was coming back to the land, the promised land of Canaan, he was coming back for his funeral. Um, he died in the land of Egypt. 
And um, now we get to verse 8, and here we see the genealogy of Israel, of Jacob. And this is the line that actually leads down to the coming of Christ into the world. And part of it opens in the book of Matthew and in uh, Luke chapter 3, we have another genealogy and some of these names they hear that I mentioned here appear there as well. So here it opens with, now these were the names of the children of Israel, Jacob and his sons who went to Egypt. Reuben was Jacob's firstborn. Okay, so here, it's quite a mouthful. Um, so all these names are also are all mentioned. All of Jacob's sons are mentioned and their children. The children that they actually had. And um, <clears throat> all this is actually mentioned here. And it's actually important. Um, uh, like the other part of why it's actually important. Like uh, obviously we're going to pass this through over rather. Um, but it's important in um, the fact that. You know, there is the Lamb's Book of Life. And the, the question to ask is, is my name and is your name written in there? So you get there in the Lamb's Book of Life by faith. That's faith in Christ, just believing in Christ. Just as we are all in, you know, the line of Adam. By birth, we actually get in the line of Christ by birth, but that's by new birth, you know, by being born again. So we receive him as our Lord and personal Savior. That's how we're going to be born again. We receive him as our um, Lord and personal Savior. And um, once we receive him as our Lord and personal Savior, he knows us and he loves us. You know, he knows us uh, better than anyone in this world. He knows us better than our parents. He knows the number of hair that we have on our head. He knows us. He knows us all too well. So, um, um, let me just skip the names and I'll, I'll get to verse 26 and verse 26 reads, all the persons who went with Jacob to Egypt, who came from his body besides Jacob's sons, wives were 66 persons in all verse 27 and the sons of J Joseph who were born to him. In Egypt were two persons, all the persons of the house of Jacob. So everyone who came from Jacob, who was born from Jacob, and were in Egypt, they were 70 people. Okay, obviously, that's including Joseph. <clears throat> but all those who came from, 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 um, um, all the persons who came from Jacob and went into the land were 66. And then now if we include um, Joseph's family, that comes to 70 um, <clears throat> scripture goes on to read verse 28. Then he sent Judah before him to Joseph to point out before him the way to Goshen. So Judah had already been there. Yeah. So to point out the way to Goshen and they came to the land of Goshen. Verse 29. So Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. And he presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck. A good while. This is a very 
very, very, um, you know, tender moment, you know, after all this while. And he gets to meet his father. And he scripture says, and he wept for a while. So he cried for a good while on his father's neck. Verse 30 goes on to read, And Israel said to Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen your face, because you are still alive. Like, what a great moment. You know, this is something that um, <clears throat> they waited for, for such a long time. Um, scripture goes on to read, verse 31, Then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up to and tell Pharaoh and say to him, My brothers and those whom I... And those of my father's house who were in the land of Canaan have come to me. And the men are shepherds. And for their occupation has been to feed livestock. And they have brought their flocks from their flocks, their herds and all that they have. So it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation? You shall say, your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth even until now. That we and also our fathers that you may dwell in the land of Goshen for every shepherd is an abomination to Egyptians. So to the Egyptians, being a shepherd was an abomination. And these people were shepherds. Um... They were in the line of Christ. They're actually in the line of Christ. And Christ, he, um, when he was here, he was an abomination. He was a shepherd. He was a true shepherd. He was a good shepherd. And he is coming as, um, um, he is coming as a great shepherd. And when he came here, he was rejected by his own, the people who he was supposed to lead. And hence these people, it was an abomination, you know, even among the Egyptians that, you know, um, they were shepherds. So Christ is coming and he is the great shepherd who is coming. Uh, he was rejected at first and when he comes, um, he shall be rejected no more. Um, and, you know, just as Joseph's brothers didn't recognize him until he revealed himself to them, when Christ comes, we're going to see the nail prints in his hands. We're going to ask and what are these marks? And he will say, these are my nail prints. Um, I got them from my friend's house. And that's when we will recognize him. So he is the true um, and great shepherd who will come um, at his second coming. So this is our, the, our teaching for today. Um, thank you all for listening in. God bless you and have a pleasant Friday. Bye-bye. Thank you.